Well, hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Business of Making podcast. And this episode is a book club episode. We talk all about the book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Jess and I, big fans, Michaela, hot and cold. So let's discuss. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Making podcast. This is Deb, and I'm here as always with Michaela. Hello. And Jessica. G'day all. And today is another book club episode, which I <laughs> love those. And I feel like maybe we should just have a podcast where we just do book clubs. <laughs> but that would be awful for me <laughs> because I never finish the bloody book in time. <laughs> As I say that, I was like, oh, Miguel, I would not be into it. No, <laughs> maybe me and Deb can do that. Yeah. I read enough. I love it. It's so fun because. I love reading books and then it's just so much better to discuss it and see all the different perspectives. I also love reading books. I yes. just can't. We could just, just have a book club where we don't record it and just hang out and drink wine and Sounds juice. Good. Yes, yeah. please. Can we do that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can do that. So today, the book is from James Clear and it's called Atomic Habits. You might have seen it everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty big. It'd be in any shops that you go to, probably like highlighted as a bestseller. And so we're going to dive into what we thought of it. But first, I wanted to give a little shout out to Prachi. Prachi is one of our listeners. She's also uh, one of our patrons. Yay. She gave us a lovely review that I want to read to you. And it says, if you sell handmade, you need to listen to this podcast. If you're new to selling your handmade products online, I recommend you listen to these women. They give such helpful information and they keep it real all the time. They talk about what you need a website, which platform to choose, why and how you need to raise your prices, how to improve your product photography, how to get started with selling in markets, and how to keep realistic expectations. They are doing a service to our community by giving all this knowledge for free. That's nice. Aw, thanks. Thank you. That's lovely. And, you know, the reason we're able to do this for free and we don't have ads inside of our podcast episodes is because essentially we're sponsored by you guys, listeners, we have a Patreon account. You can find us at patreon.com slash T-B-O-M for the business of making if you want to support us. I think it starts at $3 a month. Is that right? Something like that, yes. Something like that. Very affordable. <laughs> extra podcast episode that's only available to patrons as well. And this essentially helps us uh, with the cost for the show so that we can hire Ivy, a wonderful editor, and you know, she helps producer. us. Huh? She's everything now. She's like oh, our editor. She's, she's our everything. producer. She's our marketing manager. <laughs> the reason we can get the show to you. We just show up and record, and then she does everything else. She's wonderful, and it's all thanks to you guys, patrons. So thank you so much. Thanks, Preshi, for supporting us. And Preshi's already read the book as well, and she did. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, she sent us some feedback that she had on it, which I thought was so interesting because I didn't see that when I read the book, and I was like, hmm. oh. So we'll bring that up at some point. Where should we start with a book? Do we do things in order by like the book sections? Well, let's just talk about generally what the book is about. Yeah. So Atomic Habits, by atomic he means small. So starting with small habit changes rather than trying to like overhaul everything massively all at once mm -hmm. is kind of the gist of it. The byline is tiny changes, remarkable results. 
So I think that's why one of the reasons this has been so successful is taking that approach. But it's also, as far as I'm concerned, a very well-structured book. Mm -hmm. It's very intelligently written. It's very well-structured to be quite memorable. He's got a lot of storytelling in there. He's created basically a a, a framework Mm -hmm. that you can use to learn how to change habits. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of different ways to do that. I might just quickly read out his just basic framework because it won't take long. It's basically the whole book in like two little, not spreadsheets, (laughs) spreadsheets, but what are they when they're in a book? (laughs) Otherwise it would be a table. table. Okay, so he has these four laws of habit change, basically, and they they stick to the four parts of habit change. So to change a habit, you need a cue, craving, response, and reward. And so each of these laws is attached to each of those four things. So the first law is make it obvious. The second law is make it attractive, which is for craving. The third law, response, is make it easy. And the fourth law, reward, is make it satisfying. And then he also has the inversions, which I think is very clever, mm-hmm. of these laws, which is the inversion of the cue is make it invisible. The inversion of craving is to make it unattractive. The inversion of response is to make it difficult. And the inversion of reward is to make it unsatisfying. So I'm actually getting tingles just reading this because my brain loves this stuff so much. <laughs> like This is just, it's so beautifully simplified and structured and then the entire book is basically him teaching you about these laws so almost the entire book that he has like an intro where he talks about you know why atomic habits like the surprising power of small habits your identity how your identity and your habits are intertwined and then at the end he has like advanced tactics sort of going beyond just these laws of habit change talking about you know your inherent ability to do like your talent your genetics um and a few other things in there is it and the very last one is the downside of creating good habits so that's interesting what he talks about in there i don't remember that part at all Mm. so i think it's a really really well structured book which i really enjoyed i know little uh, summaries at the end of each chapter yep yep so you can just kind of which Which michaela is reading through right now because she's only read less than a quarter of the book (laughs) first quarter of the book was my favorite what you just called the introduction i think it spreads out it's not just like a one chapter introduction no it's like that's like a higher level, which mm-hmm. I adored all of this. I was just like, yes, 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 yes. This is what I've been, this is my philosophy that someone has expressed for me really well on paper and has put words around. And I just really, really love that. And little graphics, he's really, like he loves having little curves, mm-hmm. graphics. I'm obsessed with that. That's part of how I learn mm-hmm. really well. Like my brain loves it and that's part of how I teach as well. So I loved, I think, his approach to like essentially how he communicates in the book. I loved it. Yeah, But yeah, that part about, you know, the compound effect of habits, uh, systems being more important than goals, all the identity changes that need to happen for habit to stick. I think I prefer that to the actual breakdown of what it takes to build a habit, the old cue, craving, mm. all of that stuff, which I know is probably the most important part of the book, but it's not the one I prefer. Well, let's just discuss this for a second because I think this is really important, mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. particular 
he's got a lovely graphic here the difference between outcome-based habits and identity-based habits so basically with outcome-based habits the focus is on what you want to achieve whereas with identity-based habits the focus is on who you wish to become and I think that is so much more powerful when you frame it at least for me that is way more powerful framing my change of habit is who do I want to be in the world and what sort of life do I want to live is way more motivating to me than oh I want this goal that I want to achieve but Mm. why it's the difference between (laughs) I want to start a business and I'm a business owner yeah you're already a business owner as soon as you want to start a business but a lot of people are reluctant to call themselves that or reluctant to call themselves an entrepreneur because traditionally entrepreneur is like you know, thought of in the tech space and it's quite masculine. And so women business owners generally don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs, but they are. And mm-hmm. as soon as you make that mindset shift, you can start behaving in that way more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. That's mm. huge. That's honestly, I reckon, why I'm going to randomly give a stat that does not exist but in my head. So this is not an actual <laughs> stat. But I reckon 70% of people fail because of that. Like just because they don't have that mindset shift that helps mm-hmm. them have a change of identity and say, I am now a handmade business owner or mm-hmm. business owner, if you don't say handmade, but I don't know why you're listening to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hi. That's my mom. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't have that mindset and that identity shift, then you also aren't able to have systems that are sustainable in place because mm-hmm. you don't prioritize them as something that's part of who you are. And they're just things that you kind of do on the side when you get to it if you have time. Mm -hmm. That never happens (laughs) or not consistently enough. No, and I feel like I know in my own life, and I think a lot of people might relate to this, is like health and fitness. Mm. It's the difference between, oh, I'm going to go on a diet to lose some weight and I'm a healthy, fit person. Mm. I was going to say the exact same thing with like my running and sport when I say, I like playing soccer versus I'm a soccer player or I'm an athlete. I actually refer to myself as an athlete and people are like, what? I'm like, well, I do athletics and I do running. So I'm an athlete. Yeah, (laughs) so exactly. And also don't be worried about what other people think about how you talk about yourself. Like who fucking cares Mm. what other people think? Like Mm. it's for you. Yeah, but that totally changes your mindset towards such things. Like Mm. I'm the same, like I'm a swimmer, I'm an athlete, like Mm -hmm. I – swim you know I I don't compete to be anyone else I compete because it's fun and it's something that keeps me motivated but I just enjoy it and like all these other things you know and I think when I finally made that shift in my myself like from oh I exercise because it's good for me to oh I'm I'm an athlete athlete and exercising is what athletes do yeah exactly or I'm a healthy person healthy fit person it's like oh well that's of course then I'm going to exercise and I'm going to eat that good food because that's just what I do like it's who Mm -hmm. I am now it's not like something I have to force myself to do Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong I still enjoy my gin and my cheese and (laughs) like you know it's it's I'm not one of those like oh I can only eat clean whatever that's bullshit I eat whatever I want but you know I've changed my habits Mm. around how what I eat so that the majority of my food is very healthy and I can still enjoy those treats and stuff and Mm. I move every day because that's what I do it's I don't have to make myself I'm a business owner I get up on a work day and I do my work I don't have to motivate myself to do my work it's just what I do, you know. So, but those are all habits I had to institute in my life originally. Mm. By making them part of your identity and who you are, it just becomes who you are and what you do. It's not a habit anymore that is like 
some sort of external you don't feel like it's being imposed upon you from outside anymore like i need to do this yeah yeah it's just and and i think that's what he's getting at in this whole Hmm. book is making things turning things into that it's just what you do now so it's replacing bad old bad systems and habits and behaviors with new ones that that serve who you want to be in the world Mm. And I think keeping that in mind, I think helps when you're reading the book, because I was saying before this, I'm I'm hot and cold about it. Like, I think it's a good book. I've only read a little bit of it. And it really depends what mindset I'm in as to whether I'm taking the information on board or not. And as soon as I think it's someone telling me what to do, like, you should do it like this, then I, the barriers come up and I'm like, hey, you don't tell me what to do. (laughs) But as soon as I think this is helping me to be who I want to be, then I'm like, yes, lapping it up. I'm like, this is great advice. So, <laughs> so yeah, and I think that's how it's intended. It's like mm, it's yeah, supposed sure. to be all about what you want, not like what people should be. Or you Yeah, know. he's not telling you what, what habits. He's just mm. trying to help you learn how to. Yeah, see, I mm. didn't feel this way either when I read it. I didn't think he was able to tell me what to do. But we'll read Pratchy's review and I think she had a little bit of that same feeling about it where sometimes mm. she's kind of, that doesn't apply to me, so I don't know what you're telling me. Because, yeah, he, he gives a lot of examples and to me I always looked at them as, as, oh, I can relate to that or that's not a habit I'm interested in and I just kind of let it go. I was focusing more on like the theory bits, you know, like mm. the, the, the key messages of the book. But I think, yeah, with this identity stuff, the most important is that it's not like an affirmation. Like it's not like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm not a healthy person and therefore no. it's about because some people might be like, I don't know how changing my identity is going to help me achieve anything. And it's like it's because then it changes the way you think about what you have to do. So it's like mm. if I'm a outdoorsy person that walks a lot and I'm thinking that when I'm 70 year old, I still want to be working two hours a day. What does this person do? Well, she walks every day. That's just what she does. So then you break it down to something that's actually like an atomic habit. Yeah, it's a small thing that you do every day that comes mm. to for you know five years, ten years, fifteen years, becoming this person that you are the minute you decide you want to. Mm. Hey there, makers! If you need to figure out what pain point your product solves, you can check out our Five Wise Technique download. The five wise technique is a great way to go beyond the superficial reasons a customer makes a purchase and find out their deeper motivations. You can download this and a bunch of other cool stuff at thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash get freebies. It's all one word, get freebies. Good luck. What I found most interesting and literally it just hit me as an epiphany as I was reading through the chapter summaries just then (laughs) is about the Q, tell me what the four things are. The Q, the something, Q, something, something. craving, response, reward. Yeah. So in one of those, it says that the habit is formed because it needs to take less than two minutes. I'm like, oh, well, going for a run doesn't take less than two minutes. But I worked out that the Q for me mm-hmm. is putting my running leggings on and my runners, like putting my runners on, and that takes less than two minutes, and that makes me want to go for a run. It's so funny. My runners are awesome. They like <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. And as soon as I put them on, I feel lighter than air. I'm like, yeah, I should go for a run. So I've already got that cue happening. Mm-hmm. But if I get dressed in the morning into my trackies and my slippers, I haven't got the cue there. So I don't like the urge to run is not there yet. So yeah, anyway, I just found that really interesting that the habit is not necessarily doing the thing. It's the cue, like exactly. making the cue happen. Yeah. Blow and that's what he talks mind. about. Yeah. And that's what's so powerful is that 
is talking about that cue. It, people think they have to do the whole habit, mm. but it's just that first little thing. Mm. And if you do that first little thing, the rest generally flows from there. Mm. Once you've got it like locked in kind of thing. Yeah. Like he gives examples and that he gives that, ex- well, he or someone else has given that exact same example. You just have to put your running shoes on. Mm. That's, that's the habit is putting your running shoes on. And then when you've done that, well, you may as well go for a run. <laughs> yeah. Make it obvious. That's the thing. Yeah. Between it's obvious rather than invisible. Like if you don't see your shoes, you're not going to think about it. If they're mm-hmm. at the door in your way when you open it in the morning, like or beside the bed, if you get yeah. up first thing and go for yeah. a run. So I downloaded an app recently because my friend did, and I was like being supportive, <laughs> so I did it as well. And all the research related to the app was saying that you should only do sort of one try, one habit at a time. And then I'm sure does he cover this like mm. in the book about how you shouldn't try and do ten new things at once? Yes, yeah. Layering them and stacking them though after that, yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, I think I've been trying to drink water, like just in the morning, and the app reminds me, but I'm really bad at like that's not a good cue for me because there's so many fucking notifications on my phone, like it just pops up and I ignore it. Yeah. So what I've realized from the book, again, just by flipping through the chapter summaries this morning, is that I need to make that more visible. And that's the first – is that the first law? Uh, I might yeah, be skipping it's ahead. The, it's the first – it's make it obvious. Make it obvious. Make yeah. it obvious. So like when I get up in the morning and I haven't been good at doing it, I haven't been good at getting up and having a drink of water because there's nothing – like I get up and I go into the kitchen, but it's – I've realized that I need to like put my water glass on the bench or something, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. to make it more obvious because mm-hmm. otherwise I just start making the cup of tea and it yeah. doesn't happen. So, yeah, epiphanies everywhere. <laughs> and it's just those little tips, I think, which yeah. are quite helpful in the book yeah. that it's like even if it's stuff because the first sort of chapter, as I said, I was going on and off about it. I was It wasn't really hooking me in. When I started reading it, I was like, yeah, this is like it's kind of just common sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not hooking me in that much. But it's those little tips that are, I'm going to find really useful as I continue reading that I can then start implementing those tips. Yeah, because then there's more that all these other la- like layers had up to the habit. So that's your cue, but then what's the craving for that? Like, because, you know, what water is like, you're not, it's not like an instant reward, like, oh, mm. great, I drink water every day. Maybe there's some mint leaves next to it that makes it bloody delicious, so you're actually really excited to do it. You know, there needs to be like the, all these phases that you explain. Response, I can't mm. remember what it is now. Uh, let's make it easy oh yeah well I guess if you're going to build a habit and you you make it but you're going to run 10k every day and you don't run mm. <laughs> make it an easy yes. like yes. don't go yeah don't go running don't say I'm going to run for 10 no I'm going to run for five minutes yeah so maybe don't yeah. drink a liter of water when you wake up just a glass you know? <laughs> just yeah <laughs> and then there's the reward as well which is like once I've had that I'm allowed to have a fat breakfast <laughs> Right. So I was thinking the reward, like I'm thinking about when I've been exercising recently and I've been doing so simple, like a hundred things a night. So like, you know, 20 squats, 20 push-ups, whatever, whatever, equaling a hundred. And I was just doing it as a bit of a challenge to myself. But then I've like started noticing changes in my body. I'm like, oh, my legs are actually getting more muscly. So <laughs> the reward for me is coming quite a bit later. Mm. But maybe what you're saying is the reward needs to be, and I think he says it too, more instant. So you're actually literally rewarding yourself yeah. with something else that's maybe not the, the thing that you're doing. New habit. So essentially that's why he starts the book talking about compound effects and how those small habits will build up to like stronger legs over time, mm-hmm. your life, whatever. We're just talking about fitness and more because I feel like one can relate. Know, but it's a, it's an easy analogy, yeah. right? So I think that's okay. 
like all the time you compounders or all these beautiful benefits for yourself, but you don't feel that every day, which is why everyone gives up because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just tired from that workout yesterday and I'm not seeing any benefits. Mm-hmm. So like having a reward with each mini step. So like each day that you do it makes your brain, like rewires your brain so that you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think has a quote where it says something like, if it is rewarded, like if your brain gets a reward, then it will create a habit. I'll just I'll just read this bit. To get a habit to stick, you need to feel immediately successful, even if it's in a small way. Yeah, and so that doesn't necessarily have to relate exactly to the thing that you're trying to achieve. No. It's just no. like a thing that makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah, it can okay, be. Okay, cool. Some people would do like they go to the gym. The reward is that then they go for ten minutes in the spa at the gym. That's the reward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They decided to go to the gym because essentially they just want the spa part, but they have to do the gym before. Mm-hmm. So, so he gives. Oh, sorry, Deb. I was just saying it, it can. It has to be something kind of instant. Like yeah. It. Okay. Well, he gives you I like the example of using a habit tracker. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Habit. So that was the app thing. It just the one that I'm using is not working for me. So I need to do something different. I think something visual on the wall would be better, where I actually like tick it off. Yeah. Well, that's what he's like having yeah. a habit tracker on your calendar, and you like cross it off yeah. or tick it off when you do it, and try not to break the streak. You know, of yeah. doing it every day, sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah, I could definitely get on board with something like that. I could finally have a use for my wall calendar that's not my design that I bought that I don't use for anything. I could just put a little sticker on it every day. Yeah, a little cute little sticker. <laughs> I have a um, habit tracker in my planner like that I use mm, yeah. every bloody day. But <laughs> the fun part is it's not obvious. It's invisible because it's at the very – it's like the – third page or whatever of my planner. Mm. My planner is always open at the weekly spread or mm. notes. Oh, so it's on a different page. Yeah, so like it's a different oh. page and I never go to it. So Maybe you should work. photocopy it and put it up on the wall. I realize that's why I don't use it because I always, every time I start a new planner, I get excited. It's every six months, my planner. <laughs> so every six months, I'm really excited. Like this time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tick all these things. And I do it for like three weeks and then I just completely forget about it well that's really interesting (laughs) because it's not obvious see these are the tips that i like from this book i was just thinking if we can because we are using sort of exercise and fitness analogies which i think is fine but if we just relate this quickly back to business it could Mm -hmm. be about the small habit of sending an email once a week and Mm -hmm. you don't see results from that immediately and so the compound interest or whatever you want to call it builds up over time (laughs) but yeah like what can we reward ourselves with by doing, you know, when I used to send emails weekly, it would take me five hours, six hours to put one together. Like it would take that long kind of thing. So it doesn't have to take that long, people. No, 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 no. Just the way that I was doing it. I mean, no, sorry. (laughs) Mainly because it was all based on stuff that I was researching. Yeah. But which does take a lot of time. (laughs) But the reward, again, like I had in my head that the reward would be that long-term reward. But what we're saying is and what he's saying and what I'm now epiphanizing in my brain (laughs) is that we need that instant thing. So after I've done the the email and sent it off, then I go, okay, now I'm going to have a biscuit or a hot chocolate or whatever it is that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle a little bit with that because I don't really feel the need for that. And I don't know if it's... Mm. I don't either. Maybe because you're already, but you've already got the habit, right? Like you don't need it. Getting it done, that's rewarding enough for me. Just the fact yeah. that it's done makes me feel happy. Like I'm just like, it's done. I actually might be a little bit like that too for work stuff. I don't know. It hmm. You won't get me with a piece of chocolate. Like I'll, I'll just eat a piece of chocolate whenever I want. <laughs> like me I too. Me too. Yeah, like if I've made a 
decision to do something okay i'll give you i'll give you an example so a gross habit that i've had most of my life which <laughs> it's not that gross that most people probably know is i chew i would chew my fingers like mm-hmm. the size of my fingers you know by the nails i don't chew my nails and my front tooth oh, about 15 years ago got chipped and so i have to get it repaired and the first repair lasted forever then i got another repair and it broke and then that repair broke recently while i was doing that because the two edges of the teeth like banged together and it like cracked it and I'm 40 years old (laughs) and I'm like Nick Nick, my husband was like you need to pay for this if it happens to get like you know the hundreds of dollars to get your teeth fixed because you got this awful habit I'm like he's joking but at the same time I was like you know what I think I need to stop now Mm. there's been weeks I haven't done it and I haven't even felt the craving I just somewhere in my brain I just made the decision it was time to stop that habit I wonder if this after, you know, if you learn to become better at creating habits a bit more easily. If at first you really have so. the system of like the cue, craving, response, reward, but then as you become more disciplined with yourself mm-hmm. and you, you actually start building some mind strength where you actually mm-hmm. go, no, I've decided that, so now that's just what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think there was a reason finally to stop. Like that whole, you know, wrecking my teeth thing really mm. finally hit me. And I'm like, the last repair, he's done a really good job and it looks really nice. And I'm like, I just don't want to destroy I that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually done that in the past with disgusting habits when I was younger that I'm not even going to admit to. But mm-hmm. I stopped doing it because I was like, I don't want this, the end result to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I just stopped and, Well, yeah. so that's, that would be the inverse sort of ones that we're talking about here, mm-hmm. you know, like make it unattractive, make it mm-hmm. unsatisfying because now whenever I thought to do it, I'd be like, oh, no, then I'm going to wreck my teeth again. So, yes, so you're thinking you know, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's funny though because when I was, I used to suck my fingers, like you know how some kids suck, suck their mm-hmm. thumb? This is obviously when I was very little, okay. <laughs> not when you were 40. no. But I, I think I was doing it still when I was like six or seven. Mm. And my dad was like, no, you need to stop doing it. Like you're going to wreck your teeth and stuff, mm. your adult teeth. And so he literally got a, tw- I think it was a $20 note. I think oh, that was a lot of money back then. He like got a $20 note and stuck it up on the on the wall. And he's like, if you can not suck your fingers for a week, you get that $20. Oh, so this is what I do with my kids all <laughs> and the it time. Worked. I stopped and I never, never did it again. So I've just realized. So Harriet, same thing. She's six. She doesn't suck a thumb, but she like bedtimes we have to lie down with her pretty much the whole time. So she really wants this bloody squishmallow toy thing. <laughs> so I've just realized that I have created a habit tracker for her on the wall, which <laughs> it has 35 squares because the squishmallow costs $35 from Target. Oh. And each time she goes to sleep by herself, she'll get either two or three love hearts in this little tracker thing. Very good. Yeah, so there you go. That's exactly what you've done. Mm, But I think we need to buy like maybe three or four Squishmallows because I feel like, (laughs) I mean, she got six love hearts yesterday for cleaning her room. It was, it's like a, it's a squishy toy. I don't know. Don't ask me anymore. That's adorable. Yeah. Apparently everyone in the class has one. So she needs Uh, one. I was like, well, you got to earn it. So, yeah. Like a marshmallow or plushy toy. That's why it's I'm just like. super squishy. It's like memory foam. I'm going to have to look this up after. Oh, I love those things. Yeah, yeah you you guys might like them. Maybe I want to go get a squishmallow now. Mm, maybe <laughs> I can use it in my ass in my channel. You could. <laughs> if you uh, did, I talk about that in this episode. Or the last I don't no, know. Last one. Anyway, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go listen to the last patrons episode. Moving on. Yeah. So my point being that I think a lot of us use 
trackers and habits Mm. in our lives anyway but like kind of it's like life hacking right like if we can Mm. hack this system with this framework to make it even more productive and efficient like that's great i love that that's probably a good exercise to go okay what is something that i do every day without fail like something Mm. that Mm. and even if it's like brushing your teeth or like coffee or whatever like just the most boring things it could be interesting to think about how it fits into your routine and what that looks like like what's the cue to do that what's Mm -hmm. the you know that you've sort of created because there's yeah. Mm. yeah. I think too, the thing that I'm liking about the whole idea of the cue response, like I'm not getting it in the right order, but anyway, that whole thing <laughs> is that it's not based on a structured timetabled routine of mm. a day because no. that is really difficult for me because every single day looks completely different, mm. not just because of kids, but just because of like my work structure and all of that mm. kind of thing. So I'm immediately like, I really like the idea of having a really structured routine. And it's like, okay, at 10 o'clock every week on a Monday, I'm going to do this. It's like, it just never, yeah. ever works. So <laughs> I kind of like this system because that cue could happen at any time mm. during the week. Yeah. And if it fits, then it fits and then I can do it. So mm. I don't know. I'd be, in, yeah. I'll, I will be interested to learn more about mm. it all and then see if I can implement it into my life a bit better. Yeah, you can have time-based cues, but you can have many other types of... Yeah, so I was just looking at the like environmental-based one and something else and something else. Yeah, it's very good. Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the podcast as much as we love bringing it to you? If so, we'd love to talk to you about becoming one of our supporters. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to Platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com slash support. And you, like, I think what's nice about it is it does break the habit down into these little different sections. So you can kind of think about them it's breaking the habit down. It's not like I want to start a business. <laughs> mm. I want to say, you know, like it's breaking things down. I want to start marketing my business. Well, what does that mean? What's the, okay, I'm going to post uh, to Instagram three times a week. Okay, great. When are you going to, you know, prepare? What's going to be your cue to remind you to do it? Are you going to mm. do them at the time live or are you going to pre- prep them beforehand? And like for me, I'll give you an example. When I do my, because I do video for Create and Thrive every week for my YouTube channel. And then when I sit down on a Monday generally or Tuesday morning and I prepare that video. So I like, okay, so I've got to finish editing if I need to, upload it, write all the, you know, the tags and the blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, okay, then I create the Instagram post for it. So my cue to create the Instagram post to to market it is doing the rest of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's finishing that. And I'm like, okay, so that's finished. Then I need to do the next step in the marketing system. So each one of those is a different habit, but I've got the cue is like finishing the previous thing. Mm. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's what he explains as habit stacking, isn't it? It's a system. Yeah. Habit stacking. Yeah. Mm. You can start a new habit by attaching it to an old one. That's, you Mm. know, he talks, that's where he's, you know, kind of. That ties in really nicely to our last Patreon episode about the content. Yes. What what do we call it? Something system. Content Content cycle. cycle. Yeah. And yeah, so go back and (laughs) I know we just said about going back to listen to that about the ASMR thing, but. For the actual content of the podcast yes. of what we talked about, that ties in really nicely with repurposing content yeah, and stuff as well. Just because I feel like it's, it can be a little bit scary to go a brand new queue 
where if you already look at what you're doing during your day that you just do like as you're used mm-hmm. to it and habits stack by picking one or like finishing one of those habits being the cue for the new one then you're more likely to actually systemize that in your life as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a sure. really, really good point Something I wanted to go back on is something that he talks more about in the sort of beginning-ish of the book, I can't remember now, but before he breaks down all those four phases of the habit creation and the laws of behavior change, he talks about systems versus goals. And this was like one of my favorite parts of the book too, where essentially, I think it's it's not the exact quote, so sorry, James, Um, but (laughs) it's something along the lines of winners and losers have the same goals. So, you know, winning is clearly not defined by the goals that you've defined. It's something it's something else and it's something deeper and it's always systems. And if you starting with a goal is fine, but then you have to break that down into the system that it's going to take to support this goal. And then you can actually trash your goal and put it in the bin and never worry about it again. And I love that because I think too many times people, especially if you're new in the world of business and marketing, it will be like, you know, oh, I want to grow my xyz account by a thousand followers by the end of the year and like where does that get you nowhere because you haven't thought about what it will take to actually get you there yeah no action plan yeah whereas you know so for example like the my youtube channel when i started it i didn't have a goal for growth like and i felt a little bit at first bad about it like as in oh what should i be my goal for the first year like how many subscribers do i want and i just didn't have that because i thought it was completely weird that i would even be able to guesstimate that i just had no idea i was just like Mm. What I know is that I want to have a successful YouTube channel in the coming in the few coming years and I want this to be a big part of my business. So what do I need to do? I need to put out a video every week. And that became the new the, the new I guess it's kind of like a new goal. And then I asked myself, yeah. what do I need to do mm. to put a video out? And I never have a goal for growing this channel. I never have an amount of subscribers. I never you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because it would it will happen organically because you yeah, know those tiny yeah. little habits are going to build up. Your identity is I'm a successful YouTuber. Mm, yeah, <laughs> not fucking horrible. I'm a successful YouTuber. Anyway, no, I, it doesn't. It sounds I'm fine. Like this is fabulous. You have now quite a few. Yeah, it's like saying yeah. Well, now I don't even see. I don't even know. I think we're past twenty thousand now. Maybe yeah, that's awesome. By a few more thousand than that, I don't know because I don't check it. What I check is have we published weekly. Mm-hmm. and how do I keep publishing weekly essentially mm-hmm. but even like numbers like that you know we, and we've talked about this before it's all kind of vanity, vanity metrics because we want to talk about ROI and stuff like that but it all depends on your definition of success right like becoming a successful YouTuber to someone might just be the fact that you are publishing weekly it might have nothing to do with like yeah. the the actual outcomes or viewers or whatever. So like when I was doing my Makers TV ones, I, I don't think I even, I mean, I have 11 subscribers or something. I don't fucking know, like nothing. <laughs> but the fact that I was creating that content weekly and then putting it on my blog was successful for me. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what like, yeah, it all depends on what your measure of success is when you're like setting those goals and habits really. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's true for so many things, like the identity stuff we talked about in terms of like, oh, I'm a business owner now. That makes room for a system where you sit down to actually work on your business. And I think a lot of people struggle with that at the beginning because they have busy life and you might have another job and family life or who knows. And so it's kind of like because the business isn't making money, you kind of don't feel too bad not working on it for a week because, you know, you had other stuff and so whatever. It's not quite a successful business yet. It's not because you're not working on it. I know it's a bit harsh, but it's like the moment you start thinking, oh, I'm not a business owner, or if you want to like push it up, I'm not a successful business owner. 
what does a successful business owner do? Well, so he or she, I don't know why I said he, I regret that. She <laughs> works on her business every week. Yeah. And so then you have to carve time out and start considering it as a shift that you show up to, like you had a, an employer, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you start having systems around that with your family and your friends that said, oh, no, I can't do Wednesday afternoon because that's when I work on my business and that's mm-hmm. not negotiable. And, yeah. yeah. I think that's why something like this book is very helpful. If you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with making it a habit, working on your business or we're, or doing certain things in your business, then, you know, this will be very useful, I think, to you. Mm-hmm. Like maybe learning how to implement, like intelligently, systematically implement new habits into your business. Um, I mean, I struggle sometimes doing things in my business simply because I think my brain, I haven't convinced my brain that I need to be doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually things that, like, that might be good, but I, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, do I really need to do them? Are they really going to have an impact? So I struggle to do those things. Whereas the things that I know work, it's, I, it's not, it's a no brainer, literally. Like mm. I just do them because that's what I do, mm. <laughs> you know? Be- well, because it's the habit that you formed, right? Exactly. And because you've exactly. got that reward and you know exactly. that it works. So, yeah. but for people who don't have that cycle in place yet, exactly. then it would be much harder to start because they haven't seen the rewards from the habit yeah. yet. And I think it's also hard in the beginning because you aren't getting perhaps the rewards. Like mm, like the longer-term rewards. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting the sales yet perhaps. Like so people, many people are in that beginning. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing all this work but mm. I'm not getting any sales. And I'm like, I know, it's normal, blah, blah, blah. But I think you have to then pull it back a step and go, okay, well, don't just think about a sale as a reward. Like what are other the yeah, other Yeah, we like, need to implement the little hack first for yes. like just getting the habit in place to yes. then build that compound interest of the longer-term reward of yeah. getting a sale. And you guys talk about this all the time and especially, Deb, I know consistency. Like mm-hmm. you have to be consistent to make stuff happen. It gets hard though and I understand that, but that's the hurdle. It's like, And often it's not the first few weeks. You, I, I find it's often like three-month in marketing your business. I think like, you know, <laughs> Up and all like it's there's all the excitement and the reward of actually being open and you know you're like people can shop now then you're like okay cool now I have to promote this thing and you start a few things for a few months and then I, I reckon around mark uh, yeah the three month mark it's not an exact number but that's when you start being a little bit tired because you're losing the idea of this big reward that's more long term you're not quite seeing the reward for the short term things that you've been doing and then mm. your mind starts going it's not quite satisfying it's not quite satisfying mm. it's not really working and that's like you have to keep the big picture in mind when you do that because no one wakes up with 10,000 followers on Instagram no one wakes up with like we have what 120 now episode of this podcast mm-hmm. that one. I like that what's happened it seems like a that, like a lot like that's a lot um, yeah we did them one by one like we started with zero yeah and we didn't stress about it like we didn't go after only five episodes oh my god we should have a lot more you know listeners or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's not even our goal we don't even check that do we we just check no i I haven't looked at numbers for a while (laughs) we just do it now because it's what we do and we enjoy episode 122 there you go. But I'm I'm experiencing this right now because I'm starting a new YouTube channel and it's so funny being the at the beginning of something again. I'm having to like remember all of my own lessons. Yes. <laughs> like takes time, be consistent, you know, have patience. <laughs> don't burn out, don't do too much, you know, like yeah. um yeah, so it's it's really fun being a beginner again at something. Yeah. Cool. Um I, I wanted to quickly read Prachi's review 
yes. that she had given us, because I know we, we need to wrap up soon, but she's read the book and she said some things that I was like, oh, I didn't read that at all. So she said, it's good, but I feel like he generalizes people too much. When I was listening to it and I, I had a tons of counterpoints to what he was saying. For example, not everyone wants to fit in a group or copy a group. Because I think in the book at some point he explains mm. that sometimes we form a habit just to be exactly like social pressure essentially. Mm. Part of the tribe, yeah. yeah. So he says, I don't eat sugary stuff because I easily gain weight. So whenever I hang out with a crowd, I just say no to chocolate cake or whatever sweet. I don't get tempted by others eating eating habits. Mm-hmm. When he was talking about those sisters who play chess, he mentioned their father believed in having good habits from the beginning stage of their life and wanted to experiment on his kids. I found that it was not cool that he would just let them grow in one direction and not expose them with other games or hobbies. He should have let them choose what they like. <laughs> that was my life. I was supposed to be an engineer or a scientist. I got good grades and I stood out. I made my parents proud when I was in school, but I don't want that anymore. What I want is slightly rebellious and different. Life is not a straight line where you just stick with a habit and be what you want when you get older. Life is complex with ups and downs. What you want might change all the time. That's my only critique about the book. I believe a lot of writers generalize things and say, say that is how it is, and that can weaken their argument. To be honest, I haven't finished the book yet. P.S. To, P.S. to be honest, I haven't finished the book yet. I love that. Because <laughs> also maybe I'm going to change my mind when I finish it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, like- I mean, I wholeheartedly agree because I think I feel that sort of rebellious thing too. Like we don't want to be told what to do and we don't want to be put in a box. Mm. But I just keep going back to the fact that I'm pretty sure this is all based on research and science. Like that's yeah. where I get a bit like, is this just this guy's opinion? But it is yeah. like all based right. on research and science. Yeah. So that's what brings me solace in that like this is all sort of proven mm. and whatever the examples are, you don't have to – like I agree, like a ton of those examples I wouldn't like find relevant to me and like you said that, Deb, as well. And I think – I agree in that a lot of authors do that and I have found myself counting in any book that I read now the example of women where there's like hardly any and it's always like men examples. So, But when <laughs> this one, I think it, he had like three men examples and then he came to a woman and then it's, it was sort of evened out after that. So I was like, okay, I can I can. sure had this. quite a lot of women in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, I see where she's coming from but I disagree in that like for me, the, those stories are just illustrative examples. Like, yeah, you don't have to take them on as in this is what you should do. They're just an example of how this particular thing he's trying to do is illustrated in that story. And I definitely don't think he's trying to teach you how to. I mean, the whole thing is about how to change habits. So if you want to change because of who you want to be changes, like that's how he starts the book. If who you want to be changes, then you change your habits along with that. And that's mm. exactly what he's trying to teach you. So Yeah, I think yeah. it's all about reassessing that. Like I, I don't think yeah. he's saying like you pick a habit and that's the identity you're going to have for the rest of your life. Like, oh, no, no, no. Like I'm a successful business owner. I'm a healthy person. I'm an athlete because I go swimming every day. You know, we're not saying like this is what I want to do for the next 40 years. It's just in that moment, the identity that you want to take on and for some it's going to be with you for 40 years but maybe you do that every year you do a reassessment of what are my current habits and do they still align with what I want to be and become and if that has changed do I need to change my habit and he's not at all saying that you know if you pick up chess for example you should do chess for the rest of your of your life no that's how I took it but I maybe you should have had a little thing about that about like reassessing from time to time yeah I think like I know I've gone through a couple of major identity up upheavals in my life so I can see how it's difficult like because when you go through those periods in your life it can really mess with you and mess with your entire system like all the habits and systems and who you think of yourself as so it can be quite a destabilizing 
time in your life, I guess. And I think having some habits through that is helpful, but it's also a really good time to implement new habits because things are up in the air and it's kind of easier to shake things up in that circumstance. Mm. So, yeah. I think the crux of what, sorry, Crutchy? Crutchy. Crutchy is saying, I had to remember from the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that was ages ago, is saying I feel too. So I like I feel the same oh, thing. Like I don't I want to be told what to do. But as I was saying before, that I think it's my own mindset that I need to change and realize that the book is a guide and I'm in control. Mm-hmm. So when I go into it with that mindset of like this is just giving me some pointers and I'm in control of where it's going to take me, then it's much more easy to um, take everything in from it and take everything on board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well. I enjoy this conversation a lot. We haven't picked the next book. I don't think we have time to discuss this right now. We haven't really decided. And also Michaela said, can we do a fictional book? And we were like, yeah. oh, no. how do we bring this back to business? We'll have to discuss Someone it. suggest some fiction books that are related to business somehow. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but we will let you know what the next book club book is, I suppose, in our email and in the next podcast when we record them on patreon if you're a patreon of course and on social so you shall know and usually we read one it's what every two months or so around that i think it was a bit longer this time but yeah about that yeah yeah yeah. and i still didn't get it read (laughs) because we probably only start like you know even if there's only there's three months between you start three weeks before like Mm. that's when the deadline is approaching like oh god i gotta start reading this book (laughs) Uh, it was easy for me for the last few because i think i had read them already so i was like i just need to kind of like refresh my mind Mm -hmm. on it i didn't Mm -hmm. reread it yeah um (laughs) but thank you so much everyone uh if you want to support the show remember to go and check out patreon.com slash tbom so that we can uh keep pushing the show without any ads and be lovely and you get plenty of rewards including extra episodes and all that stuff so go and check it out (laughs) thank you so much and see you in a couple weeks thanks everyone bye